0: Up here at the words, Jesus is a rock in a weary land. He doesn't change, he's a firm foundation. We stand on it. Always go to the rock. Jesus is a rock, a shelter in the time of storm. The Lord's our rock. In him we hide. A shelter in the time of storm.
1: you look around we got folk that are visiting with us good to have brother Pete Muker and his wife with us tonight and others that are here good to have brother Denny and his family back tonight visiting get out of your seat now don't get in a hurry shake hands fellowship welcome our visitors
0: joy that I have, this joy that I have. The world didn't give it to me. This joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me. This joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me. No, the world didn't give it and the world can't take it away. This love that I have, this love that I have it to me. This love that I have, the world didn't give it to me. This love that I have, the world didn't give it to me. No, the world didn't give it and the world can't take it away. Let's do joy again this time. This joy. hope that I have.
1: you glad to be saved on Wednesday night amen Amen. let's pray now Ask the Lord to meet with us now for the next little while and just ask that he be honored and glorified and all that goes on in this service tonight Bob McCoy you lead us in prayer if you would please yes Yes. Amen. Let's continue to sing.
0: Let's get the songbook. Turn over page number five hundred seventy-two. He keeps me singing. You may not need a book. All right, we've got it up there on the first. down. there's within my heart a melody. Jesus was sweet. Swept across the broken strings Start the slumbering cords again
1: Good singing Wednesday night. Let's let our ushers come forward to receive our offering. And let me remind you that everything we give on Wednesday nights goes in support of the Bible conference. And we're about 10, 11 weeks away from that. So we're getting close. And we're going to have to start working, getting prepared for that. But I'll, I look forward to the conference and and every year. And this is one of the ways in which we're able to minister to others and and allow others to come in and spend the week with us. So everything you give tonight goes in the conference. And I would ask you over the next few weeks, maybe drop in uh, just a dollar or two more. And if everybody gave just a couple of dollars every Wednesday night, you'd be amazed at how much that would add up. So you give tonight. I appreciate it so much. And then I got a note that says, and I'm going to read it just exactly like the note is given to us. It says, Brother Ken, would you please wish my darling husband... A happy 85th birthday right on today. And this is from Pat Eller. So, Tommy, happy birthday. (laughs) Amen. I knew it was his 85th, but I didn't know he was a darling. Amen. (laughs) Happy birthday. Praise the Lord. Let's pray and you give tonight. Father, thank you now for your goodness. Bless the offering now and you know for what we're giving it for and Lord we pray even now begin to ask you to put the burden on our heart now for the Bible conference and begin to weigh our soul with this need and and over the next few weeks Lord may we begin to lift up the conference to you praying for all that is to go on and for those that will be coming in and for those that will be preaching throughout the course of the week and those that will be ministering to us Father, even now, begin to get us ready. Lord, may it be a very special time, a time for us as a church, but not only for us, but for those that will come in. And I pray even now that it'll be anointed of the Lord. It'll be one of those weeks that will meet you in a very special way. So, Father, even now, begin to touch the meeting and work in every heart that'll participate. Father, thank you for those that have given through the year and for what we'll be able to do this year. And I pray you bless the offerings over the next few weeks that we might do even more, for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
2: God is good all the time. Even though sometimes we we wonder in our own weakness uh, if God's still watching over us, still watching over our family. But even even when a uh, family member might be in the hospital, God's good all the time. He's still here with us. I'm so thankful for the promises of God, especially during those times when you wonder and your heart is burdened. Maybe burdened for a friend or for some loved one or family member. Promises of God's word say, Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. And when I dearly love, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. How wonderful the promises of God. God is good all the time. I just want to share that with you tonight, and maybe you're going through some times that you need some encouragement from God's Word. You need some encouragement from a Christian brother, a Christian sister. Um, just call somebody. Let them know you need their prayers. You need their love. And I just want to let you know tonight, through a song, He's still there. Thank you.
3: the storms come against me and it seems that he is gone i just call
1: A wonderful truth. Let's open our Bibles to one verse of Scripture, the book of Acts, chapter 20, and we're going to look at verse 20 and just the one verse of Scripture tonight. On Wednesday nights, for a few weeks, we have been doing something a little bit different. We've been talking about becoming a growing church, and we've been trying to focus upon some areas to which each one of us can become involved in little things that we will do and can do to. Uh, help us as we seek to reach more people and to grow as a church. I want you to stand as we honor the reading of His Word. Just one verse of Scripture. Someone has said that the early church was an Acts 20, 20 church. And I want you to look at what verse 20 says. The Bible, Paul, he testifies. He said, I kept back nothing. Acts 20, verse 20. I kept back nothing and how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you but have showed you and have taught you publicly and from house to house. Let me look at that again. Look at it again. I kept back nothing, nothing that was profitable unto you, but I showed you, helped you to come to an understanding, and I taught you publicly. And he said, I went from house to house. That's having Acts twenty twenty vision. Amen. Thank you. you. may be seated. Is that rain that I hear? I tell you what I want you to do. I... I want you all to stand up and turn that way and blow toward East Ridge. We need over there so bad. It rains over here, and we never get any rain in East Ridge. So uh, I may, well, I wouldn't need just a couple of you to really blow it over there, but uh, we, we'll pass on and trust the Lord to send it there. Let's pray. And tonight I want us to think about that a growing church is a church that aggressively seeks to get others into church. A growing church, we've thought about several things and I'll remind you of them in just a moment. But a growing church aggressively seeks to get others into church. Let's look at a few things now. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for Paul's testimony and his desire to reach people. People was his life. Everything that he did was built around people to reach people for Christ, to see them grow in grace to teach them the Word of God. His whole life was given to helping people to become all that they should be for Jesus Christ, even going from house to house, dedicated and committed to just building people. Father, tonight I pray that we'll learn from His example and that You'd help us to become so people-focused as Paul was, was and that we will have the same determination And give ourselves, as Paul did, to reach people and to see people serve the Lord by growing in grace. So, Father, tonight help us. Lord, you know our hearts desire that we want to reach more people. And, Father, I pray you speak to us tonight as we consider these simple little things. For it's in Jesus' name we pray, and for his sake we ask these things. Amen. Now, over the past several weeks, I've shared with you what I've simply called four Church growth realities. Let me remind them of you again. They're on the screen. But these four things. Number one is this. That we can have a growing church. Now how many of you really believe that? We can have a growing church. Second of all, we should desire to be a growing church. Not only is there the potential for this church to grow as well as any other church. But I think we ought to desire to grow. There ought to be a passion in our heart to grow. We should never be satisfied. And we may get to certain levels and say, thank God we have done this and we've been able to do this and go here and do that and whatever. But we should never be satisfied. We don't want to ever get satisfied, never get complacent. We should want to be a growing church. And then the third church growth reality is that we should be a growing church. Not only can we be, and not only should we desire to be a growing church, but we should be growing understanding all that the Bible has to say, understanding the needs that are around us, looking at the opportunities that have been presented to us as a body of believers, this particular body of believers. We should be a growing church. And then the fourth church growth reality is this. We should settle for nothing less than a growing church. We should never be satisfied, as I said a moment ago. And we should say, by the help and the grace of God, we are going to grow and we're going to settle for nothing less than a growing church. Now, those four church growth realities... I want you to get into your heart. I want you to believe them. I want you to think them. And I want you to practice them. We can grow. I Praise God, we can grow. We should desire to grow. We should be growing. And we should settle for nothing less than a growing church. Now, as we have thought about becoming a growing church, I've tried to focus upon some areas to which I can get everybody involved. And everything that I've talked about, I want you to understand. Everything that we've considered... I want every one of you to get involved in the process. I want every one of you to become a part of the things that we're doing. Because obviously the more people that get involved, the more people we'll be able to reach. So we talked about things that I wanted you to put into your life and practice in all of our services. For example, we talked about a friendly church, that a growing church is a friendly church. We talked about how to be friendly. We talked about practical things about being friendly in our services. How that it is a process that begins the moment you arrive. Now, if you don't want to be unfriendly on the way to church, that's fine. But once you get here, I want you to be friendly. Can I get an amen there? If you and your wife fuss all the way to church and whatever, that's why me and my wife drive separate cars. That way we don't fuss. (laughs) But if you won't fuss all the way, but when you get to church, then you want to be friendly. And we talked about meeting people, introducing yourself to people, letting them know, saying, this is who I am, and just just being friendly, every one of you. And I want all of you to be involved in the process. And everybody, meeting visitors and greeting visitors, no matter where you are, who you are, when you meet someone, greet them, be friendly. The family that joined our church a couple of weeks ago, they said to me, said, "Uh, this is the friendliest church we've ever visited. And there might be some that would come and not feel that way, but they had been made to feel welcome. And they're part of our fellowship because they were made so welcome when they came. Thank you for doing that. But a growing church is a friendly church. We thought about a growing church as a caring church. How that a a growing church is a church that is involved in and reaching out and helping people and caring about people and what they're going through. It's not just so much that we want to get numbers here. That's not our goal And God knows that that is not the motive that I have. Though when I talk about growing, I'm talking about spiritual growth and obviously numerical growth. But we're not just trying to fill pews. But though we are involved in trying to fill these pews because... You never, you never win an empty pew to God. You never see an empty pew give to the work of God. You never see an empty pew involved in the work of God. No, it's people that we're about. And that's why we're trying to get people here and to increase the number of people that are here. But it's much more than just numbers. It is Christ being manifested in our life. It is letting Christ show himself through us, loving people through us, caring for one another, reaching out when somebody's hurting. Reaching out when somebody's going through a dark trial. Just as Joe sung, the Lord is there. We want to be the hands of the Lord that he might use us during those times in people's life. Reaching out, a caring church. And then, of course, last week we thought about the matter of desire that a growing church is a church that really wants to grow. I believe this, and I've been in very few churches that I really felt didn't have no potential. There was a community down around Dalton, Varnell, down in that area, and the, the church is named after the community. I hope it's not named. I don't know anything about the church. Some of you may know something about it. I'm sure it's not named after anything but the community. But the name of the church is Little Prospect Baptist Church. Honestly, I think I'd change it to something else. I, but anyway, that's the name of the community. And that's Little Prospect Baptist Church and whatever there. And I've been in very few. I've been in a lot of churches. But very few that I felt like had little hope for growing. But yet, the churches that you're in and different ones, not all of them grow. And I think one of the reasons they don't grow is they don't want to grow. You've got to want to grow before you can grow. That's got to start there. If you don't want to grow, then you're not going to be willing to take the risks that are necessary. If we don't want to grow, we're not going to be willing to spend the money that has to be spent. A growing church is a very costly matter. And if we don't want to grow, then we're not going to be willing to, uh, to have a vision, not going to be willing to take steps of faith. We're not going to be willing to move forward. If you don't want to grow, if we don't want to grow, then we will not grow. But we must desire to grow. But again tonight, I want us to focus upon this matter, that a growing church is one that aggressively seeks to get other people into the church. That's obvious. When you think about the matter of growing, obviously you're talking about getting people into the church. And I say aggressively, and I use that word carefully. I use that word intentionally. Because when I talk about aggressively trying to get people in church, uh, that's what I'm talking about. Being aggressive in the matter. I'm talking about a word that describes the spirit by which we go after people the work and the effort that is given by each one of us and by this church. It is the priority of reaching others. Now, this is not a small matter to us. This is not just something that we'll do if it be convenient. No, this is a priority, that we're here to go after people, that we're to be aggressive in this matter. The spirit in which we're to to go after people is in an aggressive way. That this is what we're here for, this is our passion, this is our priority, this is what we're about. We want to go after people, we want to reach people. So I use the word aggressively, intentionally, and I use it carefully. Well again, all the things we have considered, I want every one of you to get involved. And the goal for it is, all that I've said is to get everybody involved, especially in this particular matter I want every one of you to get involved in the matter of getting people in church why again the more people we get in the church uh, the more people we have trying to get folks in the church the more people we will get in the church so saying all that let me just set for you about three four simple little things tonight it's something I want you number one to realize there's something I want you to realize and that is this that each one of you can get somebody in church I want you to realize tonight that every person I'm talking to you talking to can get somebody in church. Every one of you, every young person, every mom, every dad, every church member tonight, every leader, every member, every one of you can get somebody in church. Now it depends on basically two things. Number one, if you want to get somebody in church, if you don't want to try to reach people, then you probably won't do it. If you don't want to get anybody in church then you probably won't be involved in anything but if you really want to get somebody in church I believe you get somebody in church and second of all if you'll work at it if you will not work at it you won't get anybody in church they're not just going to call you up and just say you know I've been under conviction I realize I'm not saved and I'm not going to church whatever and I thought about you and I wanted to call and see if I could go to church with you Now it usually don't work that way praise God if it does if it happens that way but You've got to work at this matter, and you've got to involve yourself in this matter. And again, if you don't want to, you probably won't get anybody in church, and if you don't work at it, you won't get anybody in church. But if you want to, and if you work at it, you can get somebody in church. So I want you to realize that tonight. I want you to realize that how important you are as a church member. Every one of you now. Every one of you. I'm not talking to one or two. I'm talking to every one of you. There's not a one of you in this room tonight that cannot get people in church. I want you to realize that. Second of all, I want to talk about the matter of why or who. And that is the people that you can seek. People trying to get people in church. Who you can get people. Who you can get in the church. Where where do you start at? Talking about getting people in the church. Who can I get in the church? Everybody can. Well, let me just give you some areas or some people, I should say, that you can work at to get in church. Take, for example, your family. First of all, your family. You may have family members that are not in church. And again, let me just say this. Our objective is not trying to get people from other churches. That's proselyting is not the objective. But we're talking about getting people in church and people that are out of church, especially people that are unsaved. We're nearing the coming of the Lord and we want to get people saved, amen? And hell is real. It's not a fairy tale. It's not a myth. It's real. And people that die without Jesus go to hell, and we want to try to save as many people from going to hell as we can. But your family, you may have family members that are not in church. That's a good place to start. I'm talking about getting people in church. Why don't you begin working trying to get your children in church? And I know many of you are, but maybe some of you have not really taken it that seriously. Work on your family, brothers, sisters, mother, father, sons, daughters cousins, nephews, in-laws, outlaws, get them all. I mean, work at your family. Trying to get your family in church. That's somebody you can try to get in. Take the matter, second of all, your friends. I realize there may be one or two here tonight that don't have any friends, so you're an exception to this matter, amen? So uh, I won't call any names. If I do, Edith might get mad at me, so I won't call any names. But uh, most of you got friends, and uh, why don't you try get your friends in church your family those are people that you can go after to get in church friends that are unsaved thirdly maybe your neighbors maybe somebody that lives next to you or around you doesn't go to church try to get them in church i spoke to my neighbor the other day and and uh, she was out in the mailbox and i was out in the mailbox and we got to talking and and she had saw us on the news and whatever, and she's commenting about that. And I said, you've got to come. I want you to come. I said, we've always wanted you to come. We'd love for you to come. But you might have neighbors around you. And uh, work at your neighbors, trying to get your neighbors in. What about people that you work with? People that you work with. There may be folks you work with that don't go to church. You can get, try to get them in church and, and the folks that you work with. I take uh, the matter of casual acquaintances. People you just meet here, there, and yonder. Maybe uh, at the grocery store as you're checking out or whatever. There's somebody you meet there. Or a casual acquaintance here or a casual acquaintance there. It doesn't matter where you go. A person is a person. And here's one thing you don't have to worry about. I don't care who you meet or where you meet them. That person's going to go to either heaven or hell. And so why don't you, even casual acquaintances? there's a You pass somebody or meet somebody who's casually, and whatever they are. Talk to them about church. Try to get them to come and and invite them to church. There's a matter of prospects or visitation assignments. And, of course, this would be when you're involved in our visitation programs and our soul winning programs and things like this. But these are people you can go after. I'm talking about aggressively trying to get people in church becoming, this becoming a priority in our life, that this is what we're here for. This is our ultimate mission, is to try to get people in church. Who? Work on your family, work on your friends, your neighbors, uh, people you work with, casual acquaintances, prospects, visitation assignments. These are people that you can go after. Well, let me give you a third thing, and that has to do with the matter of how. Not only who, but the matter of how. How can you seek other people? Seek to get other people in church. Everybody working the matter. How can you do it? Let me just suggest some very simple things you can do. One, you can call them. Call somebody. Saturday, maybe take a few minutes on Saturday or maybe just make a go and say, every night I'm going to call at least one person, invite them to church. On Monday, this is who I'm going to call. Tuesday, I'm going to call. Just really going after the matter just realizing that we've got to reach people and want to try to get people in church. We want to be a growing church. If we're going to grow, we're going to have to get people in church. So maybe one a night or maybe an hour or two on Saturday or a few minutes on Saturday, whatever there, or Friday night or whatever, but call somebody. Call your family members. Call them every week and say, I would like for you to go to church. Oh, Mom, I know I need to go. Call them. Keep calling them. Keep calling them. Keep calling them. Call. call them. Maybe write them, second of all. Write them. Drop them a note. Send them a letter. Sometimes it's easier to sit down and write and put your feelings on paper than it is to really tell them. And so maybe you, somebody you're really praying for. You just stop a moment and you just simply write them a letter and just let them know how much you love them, how much you're praying for them and, how, and expressing that letter how bad you want to see them in church and serving God and say. Maybe write them. Obviously you can visit them Go to their house Go by and see them Show them in person that you really care about them And that's what it's all about Is caring about them Not wanting them to go to hell But wanting them to be saved Not wanting them to be out of church But in church Visit them Another thing you can do is Talk to others about the church Whenever you're around them It doesn't matter who, where you're at Whoever you're around Talk about the church you know, the be, you know, in all the church studies that have been done on how people got in church or uh, why the people came into a church and they would be different things and they'd have their visitation and have youth and all these kind of things and the percentages would go down lesser and lesser. And lesser. But you know the number one reason why people come to a church? is because of a friend that got them to come. That's the number one reason why people come into a church, any church. What they knew somebody, somebody knew them and got them coming and whatever. They, that's the number one reason. And I'm sure the majority of you in here tonight that have come over the past 14 years I've been here, you came because somebody here, a friend, somebody you knew got you to come to church. And you came to church and you found out, boy, they have got good music over there. And so you ended up staying But it's a matter of talking everywhere you're at. Whoever you're around, just constantly talk about the church and constantly be involved in this matter of inviting people to church. Invite everybody you meet. It doesn't matter where they are. And when you check out the grocery store, invite the young lady or the young man there to church. When you pay for your gas, invite them to church. No matter who you are, where they are, no matter who you meet, invite them to church invite everyone you can I tell you another thing you can do and this is the most powerful thing you can do and that is you pray for them that's what the upper rooms all about their names back there are people that are unsaved and everybody that's in our prayer room during the uh, and the hours and it's open 24 hours a day and there are people that are have set times and they go in there and they pray an hour and when they go in there, there's certain things they pray for. They pray for me. They pray for the staff. They pray for different ministries of the church. But there's a little index card holder there or a little card holder there. And every one has five. They pray for five names on that, on that, in that index uh, thing. And so Rolodex. And so they'll flip five back. And many of them are names of people that are unsaved. Pray for them. You see, prayer is what connects us to God. And really, it is God that must do the work. It is the Lord that added to the church, as Acts said. It's only, only God can do the converting. I can't save anyone. I might be able to develop my skills to a point that I could entertain someone. But listen, if God is, if anything's going to happen in the heart, God must do it. And so we got to pray, and we've got to call, write, visit, talk about it all the time, invite people everywhere we go, invite everybody we can, but pray. God get a hold of their hearts another thing you can do is be involved in the visitation programs we go out visiting on Thursday nights 7 o'clock and there are those that go out Thursday mornings at 10 o'clock our faith teams will begin their second semester uh, coming up in August and we had two faith teams uh, that went out in our first semester we will more than double those this second semester I think we'll have five Faith teams going out, three in each team. And uh, I'm sure that uh, most of them, are. the slot's already been filled up, but it may be that uh, there's still a leader that is needing someone to uh, be, on, be a learner this coming semester. See Brother Brian, he can tell you, give, let you know what it is. We're trying to get them all out of the same Sunday school class, but if we can't do that, we, there may be you, you can sign up and whatever. But get involved in the visitation programs. Get involved in faith. Make it known. I want to be a part of faith. And if you don't get in this semester, and I'll guarantee you the next semester, the third semester, because it multiplies. And like I said, we have three teams, people on three people on each team. You have a leader and two learners. And these two learners go through 16 weeks of training. And after that 16 weeks, the second next semester, they'll actually be a leader and they'll get two more learners. And so it multiplies and multiplies. And so we'll have five faith teams going out this fall and so that would mean if everybody becomes a learner we're going to have a number will more than double that almost triple that in the third semester of faith so there's going to be a lot of opportunities for you to serve and to be involved in visitation programs but get involved in visitation get involved in soul winning programs learn how to share your faith learn how to tell people how to be saved learn how to take the bible God's Word and show them what a person must do to be saved, why they must be saved, how they can be saved, learn how to draw the net and bring someone to Jesus Christ. I'm talking about getting folks in church. Are you listening to me? Everybody working at it constantly, going at it all the time, trying to get people in church. And a fourth and a final thing. Seek to bring someone to church every week. You see, this matter reaching people, there's no holidays in hell. You understand that? Hell doesn't shut down for the summer. Hell doesn't shut down for the winter. Hell doesn't shut down for the 4th of July. Hell don't shut down for Thanksgiving week. Hell don't shut down for Christmas. Hell don't shut down for New Year's. Hell goes on every day. Hell could care less whether we do anything. They're happy about it. Hell's happy about it. If we don't do anything, then that many more is going to go to hell. As Isaiah said, hell enlargeth itself daily. There is no vacations. There is no weeks off. This matter of trying to get people in church is is an everyday matter. Every week, what you ought to set is to go and go to God in prayer and say, God, help me by the help and the grace of God to get somebody in church every Sunday. Now, can you imagine tonight if everybody in this church... God took it real serious, took it serious about getting people in church. Let's just say half that are in this midweek service took what I'm saying tonight seriously and you began to work to get people in church. And you made it your goal to try to get somebody in every Sunday. Just half of us. Can you imagine what would happen over the course of the next six months? It'd be amazing. I think of a little something Emily sent me today by email and I'd read it once before, but I appreciate her sending it to me because I thought it fit right in with what I was talking about tonight. It's entitled, Ten Little Christians. You may have heard it. Ten little Christians standing in line. One disliked the preacher. Then there were nine. Nine little Christians stayed up very late. One overslept Sunday. Then there were eight. Eight little Christians on their way to heaven. One took the low road, and then there were seven. Seven little Christians chirping like chicks. One disliked the music. Then there were six. Six little Christians seemed very much alive, but one lost his interest, and then there were five. Five little Christians pulling for heaven's shore, but one stopped the rest, then there were four. Four little Christians, busy as a bee, but one got his feelings hurt, then there were three. Three little Christians knew not what to do, one joined the sporty crowd, then there were two. Two little Christians, our rhyme is nearly done, differed with each other, then there was one. One little Christian can't do much Tis true but brought his friend to Bible study, then there were two. Two earnest Christians, each one won more. That doubled the number, then there were four. Four sincere Christians worked early and late, each one won one another, then there were eight. Eight splendid Christians if they doubled as before, and just so many Sundays we'd have 1,024. In this little jingle, there's a lesson true. You belong either to the building or to the wrecking crew. Well, I'm talking about if everybody, if everybody, a preacher this week from North Carolina called me, he's telling me about a program that he had in his church, and he was in the little thing he did with pennies. And everybody doubling their pennies every day. And taking on like the first day of the month, taking a penny and adding two pennies the next day and four pennies the next day and eight pennies the next day. And he said it for, I forgot how many days it was. And it's amazing how, many, how much money they come in. But he gave me a figure. Can you know what it was? If you did that for 31 days, how much money you'd end up with? It was thousands and thousands of dollars. But I'm talking about everybody, just everybody trying to bring one. And if just half in this room tonight really got serious and said, God, I want you to use me. And that's what it's all about. Lord, use me to get people in the church. Lord, use me to get people in. And Lord use me to get somebody in every week. If just 10 in this room tonight took that to heart, began to practice that, it would. In just, just in a matter of months, we would not have the room here to... In fact, if, if we had just 10 to do that, before we got that extension done, we'd have to talk about building a new auditorium. That'd be good, wouldn't it? That'd be good to use $120,000 add restrooms. Then once we got them done... We didn't need that anymore. We needed an altogether new building. Wouldn't that be great? Yes. Amen. Then we'd be worried about raising $3 million. And I'm looking forward to that. That's down the road. Say amen. Let's stand their feet. Everybody getting involved.